So what I told you is true, from a certain point of view. Hello there. Welcome to A Certain Point of View Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Hoover. I just want to let you know that we have something a little bit different for you guys today. What you are about to listen to is our very first roundtable live stream within our Facebook group from the other night, featuring special guests Josh Mesker, Curry Morris, Alex Gavris, myself, and hosted by our good friend Anthony English. In this roundtable, we are ranking all 12 theatrically released Star Wars movies from our least favorite to our favorite. We ran pretty long on this, so we ended up splitting this into two parts. This is part one, and part two will be released tomorrow. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Mr. Josh Mesker, you are up first, my friend. Well, I objected to, I just want to make this clear that I objected <laughs> to ranking this one because I think it's unfair to rank it, even though it was a theatrical release. But if I have to put one at the very bottom, I've got to put the Clone Wars animated movie. Not because I dislike it, it fits incredibly well within the timeline of the Clone Wars series. And it's just three episodes sandwiched together into a movie and it works great in context of the Clone Wars series. It's actually a neat little arc in my opinion. But um, because it requires watching a bunch of other episodes for it to really make <laughs> uh, make a bunch of uh, sense uh, contextually, um, and because I just don't find it quite as compelling as a movie as the others on this list, I had to put it, had to put it last. Okay. All right. All right. Anyone want to object to putting the Clone Wars movie last? That hurts my heart. Up to. <laughs> You're about to object? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Now this one is going to hurt my heart, but go ahead. Seriously. <laughs> is it my turn? Is my turn now? It's your turn, it buddy. It is. All right, at number 12, I have, reluctantly, because I want to like this one more than I do, I have The Rise of Skywalker at the bottom. Oh, oh bro. my gosh. I think The Rise of Skywalker has very interesting lore, especially like out of the sequel trilogy movies. It introduces a lot of unique ideas. Um, a lot of those ideas, you have to buy extra material to get, and this is not the movie. And when you examine the movie personally, I think just more uh, plot holes, uh, plot gaps, um, too many MacGuffins, a whole host of issues that just don't really uh, get the time they need in the film. I think I've said often with uh, Josh many times that it feels like there's an hour missing from that movie. I hope we get the JJ cut one day, as some call it. Um, But it, it just makes for sometimes a frustrating watch, and I feel like I need to turn my brain off to really be able to enjoy it, and that's okay. It's not a bad movie. I've seen much worse, but and I enjoy it. There's some really high moments, but um, due to some of the fumbles, it's at the bottom for me. Uh, all right, all right. So uh, I think it's Mr. Michael Hoover next. Number 12, buddy. Get You're it. in pain, dude. I can see it. <laughs> Bro, I love, it's I love, only going to get worse. <laughs> it is just going to get worse. worse. <laughs> and listen, I, res- I respect everyone's opinion. <laughs> Uh, even if it's wrong, right? Okay, so um, 
Okay, so for me, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Josh here. Um, the Clone Wars movie is uh, I, I I like it actually. I when I was watching it for the first time, I actually hadn't really seen. I actually watched the Clone Wars movie after I was done with the show for whatever reason. I just never I never I never put that together that that was actually part of the show. And so, like when I watched it, I was like, "Why does everybody hate on this so much?" I mean, I get it, like. The Sky Guy thing is kind of silly, and R2E is really dumb. Um, but, like, I, I don't understand why it, why it gets all the hate it does. Um, but, in fact, I can think of a couple of parts of that movie that are actually, like, super cool and fun. Namely, the the uh, the Anakin and Count Dooku yes. duel on Tatooine. Yep. Y'all, that's an awesome scene. I don't care. Oh, I don't care what you like. That makes the whole thing worth it. <laughs> so, like, I, I, but I think the problem lies with it being, like Josh said, it's three episodes tied together, which means like each like third of the movie has an arc and then it comes down and then has an arc and it comes down. It's not a, it's not a movie. It's three episodes pieced together. Um, so, so that's the only reason why I, like, I enjoy it for what it is, but it's definitely not like a lot it's not one of the live action movies for me so that's that's my last that's my last place all right all right i feel you so my last place number 12 for me is the last jedi the last jedi is now i'm now i'm hurting i know i know josh just died inside and the thing about it i watched it again today to make sure i had a fresh view on it and if, the funny thing about it is that last night me and Michael talked a little bit on Facebook about my post where I was like, hey, this is an amazing thematic element of The Last Jedi. I feel like I could argue The Last Jedi, argue for it really well. I, I get it. I respect what it was trying to do. I actually like that Ryan Johnson had the, 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 the courage, the backbone to talk about the prequels, especially because of J.J. Abrams pretending like the prequels never existed in episode seven. Um, JJ, uh, Ryan, one of my favorite parts actually of Star Wars, I love Luke's number two lesson, where he talks to Ray about the Jedi of old and how they allowed Dark Sidious to rise up, wipe them out. It was a Jedi master who was responsible for the training and creation of Darth Vader. And then Ray goes, but it was also a Jedi master who saved him. I love that especially as someone who loves the prequel trilogy, my issues with it were, um, and you know, one of my issues used to be Luke. I understand Luke's arc. I, as someone who loves the rise of Skywalker, I think the rise of Skywalker for me made it better with the whole Palpatine and him manipulating both Luke and Ben. Um, also at the end, I wanted to see him go super Saiyan. I did want to see him just crushing everything on crate. But watching Empire again and how Yoda, I know, I know, I see Josh. <laughs> you've seen how you've seen how Yoda basically says, "Hey, a Jedi doesn't use the Force for attack, but for knowledge, defense." And the way that he uses the Force there is the epitome of what a Jedi Master would do: save the ones he loves without harming someone who still has light in him. And he now sees that thanks to Rey and thanks to Yoda. So, but for me, what doesn't work for me is the Canto Bite scene, um, Poe's arc. That one doesn't give me as much, but Finn, I, I don't like what happened with Finn in the last Jedi. 
Um, I get that he goes from just caring about Ray to caring about the resistance and becoming a resistance fighter, believing in the cause, especially when DJs like live free, don't join. And he realizes like, no, freedom comes from joining the right cause. Um, but I feel Finn's Jedi arc was, I thought it was, I thought it was thrust aside in The Last Jedi. And as a black fan of Star Wars, it meant a lot for me and a lot of other black fans to be able to see a, a main black character going that, that, that journey, that Jedi journey. So I won't say that Finn had no arc. And I won't say that Finn doesn't grow in The Last Jedi because he certainly does. And that leads right into episode nine to where he is. And I know this is a subjective, this is my personal opinion. This is not a objective. This is a, my personal. I wanted to see more Force-sensitive Finn. I wanted to see him become a Jedi. I didn't like that arc, but that's me. So Last Jedi is my number 12, even though I can watch it. Throne Room has some beautiful parts of it. And then okay. Alex, you're up, baby. Yeah, so basically for the same reasons that, uh, that Michael and Josh brought up, The Clone Wars is kind of the last for me as well. Um, like they said, it kind of just feels like it's a three episodes of, uh, the, of the show. And the thing is like, it's not only three episodes of the show, but it's at a point where the show has still not really found its proper footing. Um, because the show does get like exponentially better as the series goes on. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's an awkward, it's an awkward movie. Um, like they said, for the reasons that they said, um, like I would actually argue that something like the Siege of Mandalore would have made a much better theatrically released um, Clone Wars movie, Thanks more so COVID. than the. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, for all those reasons, I'm going to put the Clone Wars at the bottom for me too. So. I think if the Siege of Mandalore was released as a movie, it would be very close to the top for me. So, would, same here. Same, same here. here. I'd have to agree with that. Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm done. Cool. Okay, so we've all hit our number twelves. So that's our least favorite. Let's go to number eleven, uh, Josh. First, I just want everyone to know you're all wrong and I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I was confused about that. So first of all, before I mention which one this is, uh, I do want to say that during my last saga rewatch. This movie, even though it didn't move a spot, like a movie in your ranking, it might not move a spot, but it can still improve in your mind mm. and, and work better and flow better and you can enjoy it more. So number 11 for me is Attack of the Clones. Um, I think that it has a lot of pieces in it that are great. I love Obi-Wan's quest. It's actually my favorite part about the whole movie. If that's what basically the movie was, was oh come on man Obi awesome. uh which hey we're getting a kenobi series soon so uh i could not be more excited about that hayden christensen coming back as well i'm i'm very <laughs> stoked about that too i think he deserves some justice uh, oh you about to have me speaking in tongues on here right uh, now. Yeah. So, so but but I think that Attack of the Clones is one of those things that has a lot of pieces that work really well as a great beginning, um, a great end, and the middle is just a, kind of a mess for me. Uh, 
I think it wastes quite a bit of time. I think the romance uh, subplot is not believable um, and incredibly cringy and difficult for me to watch. And I try. I genuinely try to do that. Um, you know, people tell me that, hey, well, they're just supposed to be a couple really awkward homeschoolers flirting or something like that. Well, that's all well and good, but that doesn't make it good for the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so I think it's, I think we can separate those things those things a little bit. Ultimately, when it comes down to it, though, I think they could have even pulled that off, but I would have really liked George Lucas to bring along, um, uh, for, for the prequels in general, but in particular, Attack of the Clones. I think he's a phenomenal visionary, world builder. He knows how to get creative. I mean, the prequels are nothing if not ambitious. They're nothing if not ambitious. And, and, and Lucas swings for the fences every single time in these movies. And I really appreciate that. But in my opinion, he's not the best writer. And so I think that the prequels would really, the prequels in my mind and Attack of the Clones, they'd be near masterpieces if, if he would have brought on some additional um, lead lead writers to kind of pen these. I know that Carrie Fisher kind of helped here and there on the prequels. I mean, it would be interesting to know which scenes she kind of uh, massaged a little bit. And I know they've never told us what those were. Josh, I'm so sorry, we'll bro. I, Josh, I'm so sorry. I, I've never heard Carrie Fisher helped out with the prequels. Did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that either. No, first time I've ever heard that. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, I, I try to avoid clickbait and fake news. So hopefully I'm not spreading something <laughs> false. But if, but if I'm not mistaken, I, I remember seeing something where, where, where she had mentioned or, or somebody, a producer or something had mentioned that, that Carrie was a script doctor for some of those. And, um, and she kind of made a career just as a side note when she wasn't acting, kind of being a, a script doctor, an uncredited script doctor. Well, I knew that. Um, I knew that. Uh, and so, which is pretty, which is pretty cool. But yeah. so I just think, I just think that, um, you know, in Attack of the Clones, when you've got A-list actors, really good actors, I've seen Hayden Christensen in other movies that he's great in. Natalie Portman was already almost an Oscar winner by that time. Uh, Ewan McGregor needs no introduction <laughs> uh, uh, and, and so on. Um, so I think the actors were the right choice. I think that um, the writing was the insufficient uh, part um, that could have really put Attack of the Clones, uh, you know, over the over the top. And so, um, for all those reasons, even though I enjoy the movie, it's a lot of fun. In fact, I I when I watched it last, me and my eight year old son watched it, and he really, you know, he really enjoyed it. Um, but for all those reasons, um, just because I think from a writing standpoint, it's probably the most efficient out of all the saga films. Um, Attack of the Clones is number 11 for me. Cool. All right, all right. Uh, Curry, I think you're up next, my friend. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> Continuing with my hot takes, at number 11, I have The Force Awakens. Whoa. Yeah, so this <laughs> is actually kind of a <laughs> – everybody breathe. Um, 
this is kind of a recent change for me. It used to be my favorite of the prequels uh, or of the sequels, sorry. Um, but whenever I rewatch it now, it was funny. The last time I rewatched it, I was like, you know, I, I enjoyed this more. But then after intense debate with all you fellas and lots of research, lots of, lots of reading, lots of just like thoughts on my own, whenever I rewatch it, it's clear to me. I think everyone can agree that the sequel trilogy has some problems being cohesive between each film, whether that was from lack of a plan, different directors, that's kind of up for debate. Um, but a lot of the narrative issues that I have with the sequel trilogy, pretty much all can be traced back to the force awakens, hmm. um, in some way, shape or form. And I think it has some really great ideas. The whole idea of a stormtrooper defecting and joining the rebellion resistance. Um, <laughs> whatever not not big on semantics for that but that i love that finn's finn's whole storyline in that movie is amazing and it, you know it was great to see new planets um i will address that there's a big criticism out there that the force awakens is just a remake of a new hope and while i think that oversimplifies the argument there are, it is extremely derivative of a new hope and i'd much rather just watch a new hope any day of the week personally um and I think J.J. Abrams, as a director, and we've seen this in some of his other films, he struggles with original ideas. Oh, there goes my camera. I'll work on getting that back. Um, but you can still hear me. See, um, see, that's what you get for trying to be fancy tonight. Yeah, <laughs> that is what I get. Um, I'm going to have to charge my computer, too. Um, but that being said, the For the Force Awakens, I just I just think it creates so many issues that a lot of the blame Ryan Johnson gets, a lot of the blame the Rise of Skywalker gets, are because of how J.J. Abrams set up the world. But the problem is he doesn't bother trying to set up the world in a lot of ways because nothing is explained in the movie. You're just expected to move along with everything, and I struggle with that. You can't just start a new franchise thirty years after a perfect near perfect ending and say, "Hey, look, a new empire is back," and many other issues without giving us a proper explanation. And the argument can be made that, yes, you can save that for the next movie. However, that, that didn't happen either. So that argument doesn't work. But anyways, that's my number 11. All right. Mr. Hoover, hit us with it, man. What's the number 11? Number 11 for me is... You better not say The Rise of Skywalker. Number 11 is The Rise of Skywalker. Bro! <laughs> I will kick you off the Zoom. What is wrong? Oh, I thought you said we got to respect each other's opinions, man. Come on. No. That's what, <laughs> that's a, no. Don't listen to anything I just said. No, I'm just playing. We like trade and everything. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Do your thing, baby. Uh, no, I've actually had a very interesting... Uh, relationship with this movie so you know like we were all like super excited about the movie when it was coming out I was like super pumped about The Last Jedi had a lot of faith in J.J. Abrams to bring it home um, and then I saw it and I wasn't sure how I felt about it uh, initially it, it, upon first watch I was like at the end of the movie I was like what just happened I think I like it <laughs> and but like it was like the first 40 minutes is just so fast. It's like insanely paced um, at the beginning of the movie. And then the rest has a bunch of fun stuff in it. And so like the, I, I did see this movie, by the way, I don't know if y'all know this. I did see this movie in theaters like four or five times. 
And uh, that because that's just what I do with Star Wars movies, regardless of how I feel about it. But like, that's how I work through my feelings of the movies. So like, upon initial reaction to the movie, I really was like, I think I think I like that a lot. Um, even like, it was one of the first podcasts that Ben and I did was the was a review of that movie. And I was I was um, overall very positive on the movie, actually. Um, and so Every time from that point on that I've watched it, I notice some. I notice something else that drives me insane about it, and I, I just like it a little less every time. And uh, basically, once the shine wore off, and once the all the excitement went away, and all of the fun stuff that does happen in the movie, once I was once I went a level deeper and examined it, I realized like there's not. A level deeper like it for me like th- th- there's not after the depth that the last jedi had for me like i was ex- i was like at least hoping like man i love where these characters are headed i really do i love what they're doing with kylo and ray right now um i can't wait to see where they end up and for me like the it it, it feels like a whole bunch of uh it feels like a whole bunch of noise and no depth and there's and seriously, dude. There's a lot of fun to be had with this movie. I love uh, they fly now. I love that. I love that scene. It's really fun. I I love, dude. Honest, uh, seriously, this is three PO's best movie, bar none. It's his best movie. I I died laughing every time he said anything because it was so good. Um, I, the you know I am all the Jedi. All that stuff is like the Rise Ray stuff. I just got chills thinking about it. I like parts of this movie quite a bit. I really, I really do. Um, but I, I have a lot of fundamental issues with it. Way too many plot conveniences. Um, oh my gosh, the dagger, you guys, the dagger. I can't get over the dagger. Um, and, and there are dozens of other conveniences like that throughout the movie. Um, and and then aside from that, like just big picture, I don't like. Palpatine coming back the way he did out of nowhere. Uh, it wasn't even remotely hinted in the previous films. And then in the opening crawl, the dead speak Palpatine's back or whatever. It was, I, 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 I did not like it. I, I, it did not work for me. I was open to it working for me because he was in the trailer and we all knew he was coming back. So I was like, okay, sounds weird, but if it's executed well, I could be down, but it was not, he was back because he was back. Like, that's it. <laughs> and so, so like for me, Palpatine being back made a lot of issues with this movie. Um, and then another big issue was Ray being related to Palpatine. Cause I, for me, Ray being an, like coming from nobody is a much more interesting story to me is a much more beautiful story. I think that what they did with her in the last Jedi um, with in the cave sequence and like her, it's a fundamental part of her character trying to find who she is, trying to figure out who she is. And, um, and I thought a natural progression of that is she doesn't need to be related to somebody special to be special. And so for me, making her a Palpatine was a real big cop out move for me. I really, I really didn't like it at all. Um, and so, yeah. So, so the, the, 
in a nutshell, those are my big issues with it. I can go through and nitpick. Uh, there's a bunch of things I could say that, are, that drive me crazy. Those are the big things for me. The conveniences, Palpatine, and Ray being a Palpatine. And I still, like, I can go back and forth. I waffle on the Ray Skywalker thing. I don't like that she went back to the place. I feel like JJ was going for nostalgia at the end, her going back to the Skywalker homestead or whatever. Um, but that place was a place that Luke did not remotely enjoy <laughs> as a person growing up. And neither did Anakin. Um, so, like, for me, it was kind of like, why is she here? <laughs> um, and then, like, the whole Ray who thing. <laughs> just thought it was kind of, kind of silly. Um, but all in all, that is why it's my least favorite live action movie. Hey, I can respect that. I respect that. Um, for me, my sure. number 11. My number 11. Force Awakens. Force Awakens is my number 11 as well. Because as, and when I talk about The Rise of Skywalker, I'll talk about some of the issues that I have with The Last Jedi that I felt The Rise of Skywalker made better for me as well. But when people get on Ryan, I go, at the end of the day, I don't think it's Ryan's fault as much it's JJ's, like, in 1983, 1983, we get Return of the Jedi. Anakin, the chosen one, gets, you know, goes back to the light, saves Luke, destroys Palpatine, Invader. And last time you see Luke, they're happy. The Skywalker twins are happy. Han and Lando are happy. And you're thinking, well, in Episode 7, we're going to see, well, the Jedi. If it's Return of the Jedi, I expect to see some more Jedi. I expect to see what the New Republic is up to. I, I want to see the New Jedi Order. Even if it's only a few Jedi, I want to see their successes. You know what I mean? And people get mad at Ryan for what he did with Luke's character in Last Jedi, but I have to remind him, well, it was J.J. who put him on the island. If you don't like it, it was J.J. Abrams who put him on the island. It was J.J. who had Han say an apprentice turned against him and he walked away. It's J.J. who destroyed the New Republic before we knew anything about the New Republic. So my issues with the sequel trilogy mainly, even though Last Shot is still my last, my least favorite, I understand that it's, uh, The Force Awakens has the, it's the movie I find most fought with because it's what it sets up. And, you know, we, we don't see, um, like I said, we just don't see the Jedi, the Republic. I wanted to see that. And I get it. The prequels were extremely, mis uh, you know, um, talked about, spoken against. So JJ felt like, hey, we need to do a soft reboot instead of a just straight continuation. I love the prequels, so I wanted to see a continuation. And I remember the first time I watched Force Awakens, me, my wife, and my son are laying on the ground <clears throat> and we're watching it. And at the end of it, I said it was fun. And that's the reason why it's not last. It was, it's a fun movie. I do like Finn's arc. I was excited. I, I thought we were going to get a, you know, again, a black Jedi. I was super excited. I was like, yo, and he's a stormtrooper who defected. Never seen this. That, that's crazy. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it is derivative of a new hope too much for my taste. And the part that even this rewatch where I shook my head and I laughed and I was, me and my wife started laughing is when they go, so it's like the death star. No. This is the Death Star, and they pull it up, and he goes, "This is Star Killer Base." And I'm like, "Bruh," I was like, "I was like, come on, dog." The same way that you feel about the Rise of Skywalker, the same way I was like, "Bruh," like, 
Really? And then, you know, we're going to do a trench run. I was like, bro, come on. What are you doing? I'm like, they blow it up so easily. Hey, and I'm just like, it's the same issue I do have again with the Rise of Skywalker, which is Palpatine. How many times do you have to learn? It's the, it's the, what Alex Garfield put on my uh, Facebook. How many times do we have to tell you, old man? Like, why do you keep shooting lightning out of your fingers if you know it's going to hurt you? Just stop doing lightning. <laughs> you don't have to die. Ray doesn't kill you. Just stop shooting lightning. Bruh, I don't understand how you still don't get it after three movies. Like, three trilogies. I just, I, I, even for me who loves the movie, I'm just like, why? So with, the, with, with Force Awakens, it's just so similar to the introduction of Kylo, who I love, and I thought his introduction was great. But I'm just like, okay, that's another Vader. You know, so for me, and then again, JJ, um, he just, he pretended like this, the prequels never existed. Yeah. And I'm like, we didn't hear anything about Anakin, anything about like, anything about really the prequels. And I just feel like he totally just ignored that and just went to the originals, which is like, that's your prerogative. You're the film director. Like you can do what you want to. But I'm like, that's one thing I got to give to The Last Jedi. I'm like, well, at least Ryan had the guts to be like, yo, they exist. Even when Kylo was walking into Crate, the, the resistance base, and it's a, it's a shot of, you know, him walking in with the stormtroopers, and he's walking in. I'm like, yo, that's Anakin in the Jedi Temple. That, 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 that is a nod, a love nod to the prequels. So, yeah, I don't want to rant and rave all night, but for me, The Force Awakens has a lot of issues. It's a lot of fun. I thought Han did a great job at seeing him and Leia again. C-3PO's reappearance was great. Um, interrupting Leia and Han once again. And I'm like, dude, you know, I don't know if you recognize me because of the red arm. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that kills me every time. Dude, I'm like, so, so 3PO. Um, I do want to add something about Force Awakens. Yes. And one thing I can say, though, one thing that bugs my Force Awakens and Rise, oh, please stop having Finn run around screaming Ray every two seconds. Ray! Ray! I'm like, dude, that's why she doesn't want you. You're too clingy. That's why she wants Kylo. She wants a man who's like, I don't need you. I'll kill you. Add a little mystery to the relationship. You know what I mean? You're like, Ray, why? I'm like, bro, come on. Stop Ray screaming. Or you know, hey, try, hey, try to kill Ray. She seems to be okay with that. She seems to kind of dig on that a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. I'm like, why don't you try Kylo's method? You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, That's me. Force Awakens, my number 11, y'all. Also, Force Awakens. It was great seeing Han back. Didn't like that Han and Leia didn't work out. I don't know why we back, always have to see people. And he's back to, to smuggling again. And I know Harrison Ford wanted to be killed off. I completely recognize that. I think the idea of him dying to try to turn his son back to the light is a great idea. I think the execution was lacking because it wasn't earned. We didn't know their relationship. They'd never had a scene together. We didn't know enough to really feel anything in that scene. And it took another scene in Rise of Skywalker to really make that scene worth it and pay off, which makes it better as a whole. But the movie itself, that was a big issue I had with it for a long time. I digress. Sorry, real quick. Alex, you're right next. I just want to uh, read Simon's comment on uh, the chat. He goes, uh, the issue is JJ has always been more about style than substance. One thing I can say, even though I find... I do personally find substance in the Rise of Skywalker. I find a layer of depth. However, one thing I can say about Ryan, 
that movie's full of depth from Yoda and Luke's conversation to we are to what we you know, what they grow beyond. And JJ feels is like, oh, oh, you like Death Star? Yeah, yeah. Let me cook up another bigger Death Star. You know, it's, you like it's five times the size of the Death Star. Hey, hey you like Ewoks? <laughs> well, guess what? We're going to just throw them back in the movie, even though we haven't seen them. And it's like, wait, why are we, why, why are we looking at the Ewoks again in Cloud City? Like, what does this have to do with anything? So, anyways. Yeah. Death Star, Death Star 2, Death Planet, oh, Death Fleet. How can we make the stakes any bigger? <laughs> Wait, there are no stakes now because you remove them by defeating oh. Sorry. <clears throat> All right. I'm well, angry. Alex, go, go ahead, Alex. <laughs> before, I get to my, before I get to my number 11 spot, I would just like to say that if we plan on getting through the rest of this list, we're going to have to shorten each of our sections on this. So, no um, one asked you to do that. Okay, well, look, I'm just throwing that out there if you want to get your list. You know, he's right, though. He's right. Go, go. My bad. I'll put that on me. Anyway, um, so real quick, my number 11 uh, kind of surprised me on watching this because it used to be much higher on my ranking list, but I hadn't seen it in years. But my number 11 is Return of the Jedi. Um, I think I think that the stuff that it does with Okay, put the sword down. <laughs> okay, I think I think that the stuff that it does with Luke, the Emperor, and Vader is gold. Like, it is top-notch Star Wars. It is amazing what it does. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. So, um, But I think the problem that it has is that the part that takes place with rescuing Han feels very disconnected from the rest of the movie to the point that it feels like it's the climax of its own movie. And then a completely new movie starts after that. And that seems weird to me. So it really throws the pacing off. And I'm not going to lie after Luke talks to Yoda and the battle of Endor, the middle part is really boring. Like it is dull as heck. The only exciting thing is the speeder bike chase. And not only that, but character wise, Look, at one speeder bike chase does not make something does not make the pacing good. Anyway, um, and then the last two things that I thought of were it does not capitalize on the things that it does with the char- with some of the characters from Empire Strikes Back. So, for example, the last thing Han sees before he gets lowered into carbonite is that Lando has completely betrayed him, and as far as he knows, completely betrayed his trust. Yet, when Lando's in danger and throughout the rest of the movie, it's like nothing ever happened between them. And I was thinking, how much cooler would the space battle have been if it has to be Han and Lando working together flying the Falcon to like, and they still have trust issues that they have to work through, and that could be like an arc they have to go through the movie. But, or that's, with Leia. That, but that's Star Wars. I mean, Kylo tried to kill Rey. He got a kiss at the end of the movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying that's not good either, though. Doesn't the book say that was the brother? It's not kiss? good either. <laughs> Here's the thing. I know the book says that it's not a romantic, but I don't kiss my sister like that, okay? That's fair. But that's not what we're talking about, though. And then not only that, but with Leia, Leia gets this bombshell dropped on her that she is the brother of Luke Skywalker, and which means that she is the daughter of Darth Vader. And that does not play into the movie at all. How much more interesting would it have been if Leia would have gone, like, followed Luke and ended up on the Death Star in the throne room at that point where, like, you could have actually done something with these characters and nothing happens. So my point is, I think Return of the Jedi wastes a lot of opportunities, and I think it sticks the very ending fine, and I think that the stuff with Luke, the Emperor, and Vader are great, but overall it's a very lacking movie, so... 
I think those are some fair criticisms. A little harshly hurt. I, I would take them, but Curry. I, I still like. I still like the movie, and I think yeah. the Battle of Endor, like the space battle, is my favorite space battle in Star Wars. So just throwing that out there, I don't lo- dislike the movie. So yeah. I just, you make a good point about Leia, though. That's probably one of my biggest issues with the movie is that we don't. I never thought about it until like the past year when one of you, I think, said it, and I was like, "Huh," you know. So. Well, let's be honest. Finn is the Leia of the sequels. Yeah, you find out they're force sensitive, and then nothing really happens with them. Even though I would say Leia had a better arc. Anyways, number 10. Yeah, like your number infinitely 10, better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leia had a better arc than Finn. So with that said, Mr. Mesker, will you hit us with your number 10, bro? Yeah. So I'm going to make this as quick as I can. The first brand new Star Wars movie that I saw in the theaters was The Phantom Menace. Um, I was lucky enough, uh, just as a side note, to see the entire Um, special edition of the sequel trilogy in theaters before that. So to experience the original trilogy, I know somewhat altered. Y'all can complain about that all you want. I don't like some of the changes either, Um, but not as harsh on the sequel uh, on the special edition as some on this chat, Curry. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, but I, so I went into the Phantom Menace being incredibly excited. I, And as a, you know, I was the target audience, right? Um, I loved it. I can't tell you how many times I saw that in the theater because I had a whole bunch of disposable income at the time, Uh, (laughs) you know, because you do as a teenager, you know, you're not really paying for much of your existence. And um, so I saw it many, many times. I I enjoyed it a whole lot. Star Wars was back. Um, The Phantom Menace does have a certain charm to it that I think even um, has that charm to this day. Um, It's a very charming, fun, adventurous movie. I think it has some severe pacing issues, especially while they're on Tatooine, um, kind of in the middle of the movie. I think it loses uh, steam and and interest. Um, I think that the movie, the ending of the film, outside of the phenomenal uh, you know, Duel of the Fates, um, which is still absolutely spectacular. Um, I think that what goes on outside of that actually distracts from that lightsaber battle in a very severe, damaging way. Um, the, the space battle is inconsequential and ultimately an accident. Um, so you've got you've got Anakin who's really strong in the Force and he can win a pod race, but he doesn't know how to use a space fighter and he blows up the droid control ship by accident. It drives me nuts to this day. It drives me absolutely bonkers that he blows it up on accident um, because he's Force sensitive. He's supposed to be the most Force sensitive, the most powerful uh, Force sensitive being uh, that they know of. And again, he could pilot a pod and win a pod race um, and do all those amazing maneuvers, um, but was completely lost flying a, a ship, which arguably was probably uh, uh, easier than, fly, than flying a, than, than racing a pod, potentially. Um, the ground battle with the Gungans and the droids just does nothing for me. I think it's incredibly silly um, and lacks tension and stakes, which are a very big deal. For me, you'll hear a recurring theme when I talk about 
tension, stakes, and pacing, and structure, um, and earned moments. Um, you'll hear me talk a lot about that stuff. Um, but the Phantom Menace still has such a I wish it wasn't this low on my list, though, still, because it's still such an enjoyable, it's still such an enjoyable movie to watch. I think it opens really well and interesting. Um, I think the whole trade plot is incredibly convoluted um, and um, doesn't really hit like it's supposed to. Um, um, and I, I'm not going to rag on the, the, I think, you know, you know, Jake Lloyd's taken enough <laughs> on the chin over the years. I feel really, really bad for him. I think that he did what George Lucas asked him to do, and he played the part as best as he possibly could. Um, again, I think the writing was the fundamental issue, and the directing was the fundamental issue. George Lucas is not an actor's director. George Lucas is a set director. Yeah. And he says, everybody, I hope you know your lines. Get on there. and." Do your, do your thing, you know, and we'll do a few takes and we'll be done. Um, so he's not an actor's director, um, and, uh, and he's a set director, and that shows in the prequels, that shows in The Phantom Menace. Um, but you know what keeps me still really liking The Phantom Menace, even with the pacing and writing issues that I have with it, the anticlimactic ending, um, uh, in spite of... The amazing duel of the fates, which is highly emotional and incredible, is um, Qui Gon Jinn is bar none one of my favorite Jedi, mm. and and Liam Neeson made that impression on me with one movie, one movie, one with one movie he became one of my all time favorite characters in the entire saga. That is his acting ability. I think he really knew what to do with that character. Um, kind of the rebellious uh, Jedi who uh, is uh, part of the Jedi Order, but held in suspicion by the sitting members of the council for being a little radical. I think Liam Neeson just pulled that off incredibly well and, um, and nuanced and interesting. And so Qui-Gon is what really redeems uh, the Phantom Menace for me, don't ever say that. Don't, don't ever say that. That's you're gonna ruin this for me. You're gonna absolutely ruin. Bro, this use for the me. word radical. Use the word radical. Yeah, yeah. It's a different context. Okay, everybody, I've got to mention this to those who are watching. Anthony said that that Qui Gon Jinn is the AOC, the Alexandria Ocasio Cortez of the Jedi Order, and I just can't. I'm not even going to go there because yeah, bro. He's definitely the Bernie of the, <laughs> yeah, please don't, please don't do this. To me. <laughs> Sorry. You know? Yeah. So oh, at any yeah. rate, yeah, I, I guess I've been outed as the resident conservative. So at any rate, uh, <laughs> uh, so that's Phantom Menace for me. Lots of great parts. Actually love the pod race. I just think it's got some pacing issues that really bog it down. Writing issues that really bog it down. Love Qui-Gon Jinn and the Duel of Fates. Um, and I love um, Anakin. I actually do love Anakin's innocence and the fact that he wanted to help people um, because that makes his fall all the more tragic. I just think the execution had, had issues. 
there. Um, I think it would have been a good idea, even in his innocence and his love for others, for, for even a young Anakin to have a little bit more of a dark side to him and some hints of that, um, potentially. Um, and, uh, but it is what it is. I enjoy it. Um, it meant a lot to me as a teenager. It just didn't age extraordinarily well for me. So that's Phantom Menace. Hey, appreciate that, Josh. All right. Um, Curry, you're next. And you know what? Just so we do keep it rolling, let's try to limit it to two minutes if, that, if we can. Perfect, because that was like five minutes for me. Hey, no, bro, I'm not speaking really about you. I'm speaking more to me. Plus, we also kind of uh, derailed you just a little bit there for a second. So, yeah, that's that's me. That's my fault. Woo, man. Well, let me trigger Josh again and maybe Mike a little bit because at number ten, I have the Last Jedi. We've been over this. <laughs> I'm not triggered. I'm used to it. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> no, but I do. I don't want to like reiterate too much of what our what has already been said. But I, I think one instance that will help you guys kind of clarify why I have the sequels all kind of at the bottom, the, the bottom three really is I just don't find the world as interesting um, because I don't think we're given a reason to we're meant to care about the world of star Wars because it feels lived in and we find out things in the original trilogy as they happen because there was nothing else to compare to the sequel trilogy is compared to everything that came beforehand. And I've talked about the world building before and they, they just kind of skip over that and you're supposed to run with it. And the characters are very much hard to care for because we don't get much time with Poe in The Force Awakens. All the time we get with Rey is really just spent finding out she's Force-sensitive and can do crazy things with absolutely zero training. And and then Finn is the character I cared about the most with. Nope, no, nope, this is my time. I know, I know. Hey, but as soon as you said that, I looked at Josh's face and he's not disappointed. <laughs> um, remember, I'm getting to the last Jedi. And then Finn, I loved him in The Force Awakens. And then while I see what his arc does for him in The Last Jedi, I just think the Canto Bite arc is messy, um, just from a story standpoint. That being said, The Last Jedi is far and away the best of the sequels. I fully admit that now. I think that's progress for me, Michael and Josh. I'm very proud. Uh, I really am. In fact, like I kind of wish I could put Last Jedi higher. I really do. And it might end up higher in the future. Every time I watch it, it gets better. Um, mainly from discussions I've had, things that just make more sense. I'm a big believer that you shouldn't have to do a bunch of mental gymnastics to make things work, which is why I think Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker have so many issues. You don't have to do that with as much with The Last Jedi. And Luke Skywalker's arc is, div- is divisive. It is extremely divisive. It works within the context of the film. And I think... After a lot of discussion, I can see that it works within the context of Star Wars 2. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it, personally. It's not what I wanted, but just because it's not what I wanted doesn't mean it's bad. And I'm, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. However, there's a lot of things in the movie that just don't work. The, the um, hold on maneuver, for one. It is beautiful to look at. It is gorgeous, but it makes no sense within canon. Pablo Hidalgo said that there was something similar in Clone Wars. So before I go too far on that point, I'm going to go research that more and try to figure out how the heck that pulled off. Because you, you hear complaints like, well, they can light speed into any ship and ram it. Why don't they just do that all the time? Why don't they do that with a fleet to the Death Star? And 
those are kind of semantics and small things, but there's a bunch of little things like that in the movie. It does have the same structure of empire with chasing the, uh, the bad guys, chasing the good guys, the whole movie. Um, and overall, I just don't, I don't think the sequels are as interesting of a world of an era. However, the throne room scene, the entire, really the final act of the last Jedi make up for the previous two hours and make it something that is worth rewatching the, um, the character work while interesting of a choice is still pretty poignant, especially the scene with Yoda and you see where it ends up and where it leads Luke and how that carries him into the next movie. I really appreciate that. And it grows on me each time. So maybe in the future, this will be higher. It is the best of the sequels to me. Um, but I just, the problems I have with it still, still make me struggle to find it as interesting as some of the movies we'll get to later. Hope that was two minutes. Sorry. I can tell you Baptist, that was two minutes in Baptist land. Which means I was like more like six, seven minutes, but it's all good, baby. You know what I mean? It was not that <laughs> I love you, Curry. Go ahead, Mike. It's your turn, baby. Josh just killed me with his eyes. I saw Yeah. <laughs> Josh, Josh was giving some looks over that one. Hey, Josh is exercising the <laughs> hey, Josh is exercising the fruit of the spirit tonight. I I'm very impressed. Um, okay, so my number 10 is Attack of the Clones. I know I'm just like driving a knife through Anthony's heart right now um, with my last two picks. But so the problems, uh, I mean, I pretty much echo with uh, echo Josh's sentiments for the most part. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but um, there are things to love about this as well, just like every other Star Wars movie. Um, I love every second of the Camino stuff. The uh, uh, from learning about the clone facility to the interactions between uh, Django and uh, Obi Wan, I love all that. I think the little the young actor, everyone gave Jake Lloyd such a hard time. The actor that played Boba Fett was way worse (laughs) than Jake Lloyd, in my opinion. Um, But like, I really enjoy all that part. The 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 battle, the the battle scene. (laughs) <laughs> what is going on? The battle scene between Django and Obi Wan is incredible, and um, it is it's just really great. I love the chase scene with the the uh, the seismic charge, beautiful, which we saw in the Mandalorian. Um, spoilers. And, spoilers, sorry, um, but but like I really do think I re- I love the part at the very end where we're actually seeing the beginning of the clone wars where Palpatine and the politicians are kind of overlooking the clone army. I think all that's super powerful, super cool, very chilling. Um but the rest of the movie for the most part even though there's some bits here and there that are really fun. Um man, it's uh, Anakin is a is just a creep in every sense of the word. Um, given, given Padme some really creepy glances, like all the time, my lady, like, uh, it's, it's bad y'all. It's like a lot of that's really, it's really tough for me. This is where the the dialogue comes into play. I think that's one of the big issues with all these, uh, prequel movies is that it is the dialogue is pretty rough and, um, you don't flirt with your wife like that. Yeah. With my wife, (laughs) with my wife. I do. Um, not with a woman who doesn't want me to flirt with her. Um, and so 
but all in all, I really do enjoy certain parts of this movie. The last time I tried to watch this movie, I fell asleep and I tried to finish the movie and I fell asleep again. It is the, the pacing of the movie is like really weird and it feels way longer than it is. It's not the longest Star Wars movie, but it feels like it, like by a long shot, it feels like it. Um, but yes, so even though there's some fun parts, there's a lot of stuff, the love scenes, um, the, uh, the, the whole love aspect of it is, is pretty, it's not well executed at all. But um, that, that's pretty much what I would have to say about it. It's just, it's, it's, it's hard to reconcile a whole lot of the, uh, the bad dialogue, the creepiness, the, uh, the pacing, the, the writing and all that. And the droids, uh, they went way overboard with 3PO's humor in this movie. The, uh, the puns and stuff, every now and then I'll chuckle at them, but they're, the, they're way over the top. So this is such a drag, um, uh, like all that stuff. It's, it's terrible. It's really bad. And so, um, yeah, so Attack of the Clones, number 10. All right, all right. For me, number 10, The Clone Wars animated movie. I enjoy this a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I had so much fun. I actually love Sky Guy and Artui because it's showing the innocence, the sweetness, the youth of Ahsoka. And then when we see her in, you know, at the end of um, season seven, and when we see her again in Mando, we see that growth. We see her develop over the season. So for me, I'm like, of course, she's a, she's young. I mean, they even, they even say, are you even old enough to be a Padawan? So, yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, I thought Anakin and Dooku, great fight. I love Ventress. Um, I even loved how B.A. Padme was standing up for her man. Because she wasn't really doing it for, you know, the Republic, she was like, oh, wait, Anakin in trouble? Bruh, let me go help my man out. I'm like, see, she ride or die. And then Anakin gonna kill her later on, choke her. Bruh, you deserve to get burned on Mustafar. Um, he did, he did, he did. Little punk. Um, all that to say, I enjoy the Clone Wars animated movie. I, I really don't have too many things negative about it. Just, you know, there's a few parts that are kind of dull, but overall... I enjoyed it. I know it's three movies really tacked into one or three episodes to make one theatrical release, but I thought it was great. Um, Ahsoka is my third favorite Star Wars character. Love Ahsoka Tano. So for me, it holds a special place because that's her intro. And um, that's when we, that's where we were introduced to Ashley Eckstein um, in the Star Wars universe. And I adore Ashley Eckstein as well. Cause she seems like a, an amazing actress, amazing uh, person. So yeah, love the Clone Wars animated movie. Then Anakin's my favorite person. I love Palpatine as well. Samuel Jackson reprises Royal as Mace, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed TCW. So that's my number ten. All right. Uh, so <laughs> mine's going to be pretty short because mine's for my number ten. It's also Attack of the Clones, and I feel like Michael kind of covered a lot of the uh, a lot of the same issues that I had. And to make you feel better, I also fell asleep watching Attack of the Clones. So uh, <laughs> it was, I, I fell asleep during the droid foundry scene and I like woke back, I was more like dozing off and I woke up again, like dirt, like in the middle of the arena fight. So, <laughs> you know, uh, 
but the only other thing that I would add, like, yeah, I think the, the romance dialogue is, is really bad. Like it is, it, to me, it's just really bad. It's, it's the worst dialogue in the series, in my opinion. Um, and like the big problem that I have with it. So pacing is a big thing for me that keeps like, if a movie has good pacing and it's what keeps me interested and it's what like makes a movie a lot better for me. Um, the, the pacing in uh, Attack of the Clones, it, especially because it keeps switching between the cringy dialogue of Padme and Anakin, and then goes to like this super serious, like dark conspiracy, web of dark conspiracies with Obi-Wan. It was such a weird tonal shift and it just threw me up for a loop every time that it switched to different scenes. And some of the times the scene switch would be literally just a few seconds. Like it wouldn't even be a few minutes at a time. It's, it was, it, it was bad. The pacing threw me off a lot. The dialogue threw me off a lot and Michael kind of covered the rest. So that's it for me. First of all, shut up. Just kidding. <laughs> all, right, all right. It is what wow. it is. Wow. I'm just kidding. Okay, for those out there, Alex and I have a little rivalry that we have going on uh, where he just contradicts everything I say and I contradict things he says. Actually, I would like to actually throw in a few positive things about Attack of the Clones because I realize I'm being very negative. I think that it has some of the best world building of all of the Star Wars movies, like Geonosis, Kamino, like getting to see the different side of, like George Lucas does a really good job of taking you to the same planet, but showing you a different side of it. So we saw Coruscant in episode one, but getting to see like, we get to like a sports bar, we get to see like a diner, we get to see like down in the streets and go through like the the foundries and stuff. Do you want some death sticks? (laughs) You don't want to sell me death sticks. (laughs) yeah like there's a lot of good stuff and just getting there's a lot of good stuff in the movie i just think that it's surrounded by a lot of very poorly crafted stuff because i don't think it's bad i just think it's poorly crafted um anyway that's it all right let's get to number nine mr josh you up i'm gonna try to be incredibly quick on this one you know jj abrams spent so much time time trying to ignore the prequels he like went full circle and made one a lot like them uh and oh uh, my god i know what you're about to say and so uh uh the the only thing worse than than a a slowly paced movie that doesn't do much with the huge amount of time it has is a movie that is paced in such a breakneck way that that no scene or character really gets a time to shine and have true character moments. I would much rather a movie, which is why sometimes Rise of the Skywalker is at the bottom for me, but I can't quite justify it. I would much rather a movie be too slow and give me some more time to get to know characters, um, even if not a whole lot is happening, than for a movie to try to do so much within two hours and 15 minutes and not give me a whole lot of, of meat to, to hold on to. And that's the core fundamental issue with The Rise of Skywalker for me is that um, I, I think that it's the worst edited 
of all the Star Wars movies, yes. without a doubt. It it feels like, as Curry said, that there's 30 to 45 minutes or more missing from the movie. Maybe there was a runtime mandate of some kind so they could get more showings in there. I do not know. Um, I really appreciate, though, because I, I know that... Um, you know, I know that they saw the criticism about the world building in the sequels. The Rise of Skywalker does attempt to correct some of that. Um, it takes us a whole heck of a lot of places. <laughs> I appreciate that. But by the time you get to the third movie in a trilogy, there's not a whole lot of time to be introducing a bunch of brand new characters and places and things. You've got to keep the main thing the main thing and wrap up the story. Um, Return of the Jedi, for all of its issues, uh, which, by the way, sorry, y'all, but Return of the Jedi is the next one on my list. Uh, i just give you a little bit of a preview. Um, uh, Return of the Jedi still knew what it was. It still knew what it followed. Um, even though I think it misuses a lot of its time uh, as well. Um, but The Rise of Skywalker spends so much time trying to reframe what what came before it. And, and a middle movie has some flexibility in that, not in reframing, but when you, when you do a trilogy, you've got, you know, you start with the foundational pieces. The middle movie delves deeper into the character study aspect, the the lore, um, mythology, and then um, and then that's all established. And then a third movie basically just brings it all together and home. And uh, and I don't and I think that the rise of Skywalker was so reactive to the negative to the negativity about the Last Jedi that it actually hurt the film, and not only hurt the film but retroactively hurt the sequel trilogy as a result of it. And it's really unfortunate for me because um, I have always been a champion of the sequel trilogy, defended it so much. Um, and, and The Rise of Skywalker actually think damages it, damages it retroactively. Um, we spent a lot of time still mystery boxing Ray when we shouldn't be anymore. Um, and, uh, Palpatine doesn't get um, when you're gonna when you bring a character back like that. There's a burden. There's a story burden when you bring a big character back like that. And I don't think that that story burden was met. Um, I do think that the whole Palpatine reveal for Ray fell completely flat and uh, was bad. Um, in fact, um, I don't mind as much her being adopted by the Skywalkers. And in fact, we've had a debate in our chat where I've actually defended kind of what I think the movie it's, is saying, right? You know, we've had that debate and I will, I will defend what I think the movie is saying with Ray's adoption and her taking on the Skywalker name to cover the Palpatine that's within her and her making the choice to reject that lineage. I think that there, there's something to be said about that. I think that's where the depth of the movie comes in. Uh, but, but I don't think that it serves Ray's character arc very well. Um, 
And as somebody who has always been super fascinated with her, I think she's incredibly well-written, in fact. Um, I think that they took a step back in her character writing in The Rise of Skywalker and really, um, instead of, and, 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 and tried to wow us again with another twist, instead of just giving us more of Ray's heart, you know, and, and who she is. Um, another thing too, I mean, I really liked that JJ brought forward the, a lot of people are calling it force Skype, right? Uh, between Kylo and Ray, which, which uh, Ryan Johnson brought to the table with the last Jedi. So in the last Jedi, every time that, that Ray and Kylo have that connection, it moves the story forward and it moves the character characters forward in a very significant way they are they are communicating psychological experiences with one another about who they are and how they're feeling um and what this all means and what their place is um pretty much every single time that they do that in the rise of skywalker they're just reiterating things that they've already said and kylo's taunting her and she's like nah you know and it's and it's really really frustrating to me um because again, I just don't think that the writing is very strong. So I think though, if you want a super fun, adventurous Star Wars movie, you actually can't go wrong with The Rise of Skywalker. I want to say a quick positive thing. It does move very, move very quick. It's very flashy. Um, it's, it's high adventure. And JJ really brought that to the table. And he just, he wanted this to just be a fun Star Wars expedition. It has that in spades. And so if that's what you were looking for, it, it does that. I was looking for a bit, a bit more than that. I was looking for something that, that I felt like actually concluded the sequel trilogy in a satisfactory way, which is why for the most part, I think Colin Trevorrow's treatment with Duel of the Fates was a better direction to go. It showed that he had really thought a lot about the themes that were being built in the sequel trilogy. And he was extrapolating those things out. I didn't like everything in the treatment for his, his story, but I thought it was a far more fitting uh, conclusion to the sequel trilogy than the rise of Skywalker. So for all those reasons and for a lot more, it is my number nine. Cool. All right. Curry hit it. All right. I'm gonna make this one a lightning round. We're at number nine, right? So number nine, I have the clone wars. I do have it above the sequel trilogy. Um, uh, I made a note earlier about just what worlds I find interesting. And I really, really love the age of the Republic, the era where the Jedi at the height of their power. I'm just a big fan of the idea of the clone wars. It just really interests me. Um, I remember seeing this movie in theaters and I remember a lot of people being upset. Like Anakin has an apprentice. What? This wasn't in revenge of the Sith. And like people hated Ahsoka. Like people hated her and now she's one of the most beloved like characters in star Wars. So I think this is a movie that has actually aged better over time. I think it's uh, gotten a lot better with age. Uh, that's probably the better way to say that. And um, yeah, I just, when I watched it, I don't really have any major issues with it. I think Michael made a good point how it kind of goes up and down like, like an episode would and like with its stories um, but I still think with the fact that a film was sprung on this production crew kind of at the last minute by George Lucas, they did a really admirable job. The animation isn't quite up to snuff like later seasons. 
the script needed a little bit more polish, so it's a little more in line with some of the prequels or some of the prequel dialogue. Um, but it does it is a phenomenal start to the series, which launched out of this, and I can watch it and enjoy it. And honestly, it's kind of a nice like sandwiched in between of the original Clone Wars from 2003. I know Josh is going to go vomit now because he doesn't like it, but I love it. And um, I'm just a fan of this movie. I don't really have any major like issues with it because for me, just because the film isn't the most interesting doesn't mean it has all these problems. And I'm, I'm a big fan of story first. And I, I just enjoy the story told in the Clone Wars. So, moving on. Nice. All right. Michael, hit it, baby. All right. So my number nine uh, is, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but it's Solo. Um, I really like Solo a lot. I really do. So pretty much, I mean, y'all probably figured out, like pretty much from this point on, I really enjoy all of these movies quite a bit. The reason why I have Solo down this far is because rewatchability is a big thing for me when I'm ranking Star Wars movies. And this movie, while I did enjoy it, and it's a really fun adventure, um, like it really is, I, I love certain parts about it. I think that overall it's really good. I really love the, uh, the underworld, the criminal kind of underworld stuff, the smuggling and all that. I love that aspect of Star Wars. But at the end of the day, I haven't rewatched it in two years and I really don't care to right now. Like I just, I don't have the urgency to go rewatch it. And, um, and that's a big deal for me for when I'm ranking Star Wars movies. Um, I, but all in all though, I like the crew. I like the, I, um, I really do. Dryden Voss is an awesome character. Paul Bettany is amazing. I love him. I thought that, um, always forget his name. Uh, uh, the guy who actually plays Han Solo, I always forget his name. Um, but I really, I thought he did it. Oh, Alden. Uh, he did a great job. Um, I actually really did enjoy his take. I, I loved, uh, uh, I loved the childish Gambino as uh, Donald Glover as Lando. I thought he was amazing. Um, he was, he was fantastic. You call him Childish, um, call him Childish Gambino? What? I say you call that's him. What his, I know, look, bro. You that's what his name is. You're obviously listening to too much of that black music, okay? <laughs> his, name is, his name is Yeah, Donald way too, way his name too Donald much. Lover, sir. Uh, well, I almost said Troy because I love him in community. Um, but that, that was wrong. Um, that, that's what he is to me. But anyway, I'm done with it. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's, it's good. I really do enjoy it, but I don't want to rewatch it anytime soon. I just don't have a lot of love, love, love for it. So gotcha. number nine. Nice. All right. So the first, the last two movies, the, 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 my least two favorite movies, Last Jedi, Force Awakens, like certain things about them, but I really don't care for the movies. From the Clone Wars animated movie on, I'm the same as Michael. I love them. Each and every one of them. Just, you know, some more than others. Yeah. With that being said, I love the Clone Wars. That was my number 10. My number nine is A New Hope. Number nine is A New Hope for me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, oh keep, keep, keep watching. Keep, keep listening. A uh, New Hope. It's a great. I love it. It's so <laughs> fun. Josh has left the chat. <laughs> Josh is gone. <laughs> hey, I literally just looked at his chat. Like, Wait, where's Josh at? <laughs> he's, 
He's absolutely I, disgusted. Somebody struck him down. Listen, He's become I more powerful than hope, A new hope. A new hope. <clears throat> so much fun. It started the whole shebang. It's special. It's revolutionary. I loved um, after Luke gets out of his X-Wing when he blows up the Death Star. And, you know, Han, you know, he's so excited to see Han. And Han, you know, pushes his hair kind of like an older brother. And, you know, you think I'm going to let you get all the reward and the, 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 metal, uh, the, honor, uh, the metal ceremony is so amazing. I love the movie. I love seeing Luke train, Obi-Wan. I just like certain movies more. Um, I, I, I really love Luke's whininess. You know, want to get those power converters from Toshi Station. And uh, he never did. So, yeah, I love A New Hope. Nothing against A New Hope. There were some parts when I was younger that were boring for me. And then as I got older, I appreciate them more. And actually, Rogue One made A New Hope better for me. Watching New Hope right after watching Rogue One, oh, it's amazing. Um, watching Solo and then watching A New Hope. Seeing why uh, Han Solo is the way that he is and underneath it, you know, he truly is a good guy. But you see why he doesn't trust. You see why he may not want to be as, you know, lovey as he was with Kira because of what she did, the betrayal. So I love seeing A New Hope. I thought it was an, it's an amazing movie. Um, really nothing bad about it. You know, a little slow in some parts, but overall, excellent movie, my number nine. Uh, so Michael's got to stop stealing my thunder on every round because Solo's also my number nine. Um, and <laughs> my, mine's really short on this. Like, I think Solo is a very competently made movie. I think that it's, um, like it checks all the boxes of a good movie. Like the acting is good. The writing is good. The character development is good. Like it's an exciting movie, but it really feels like this feels like a project that like as a teacher, I'm grading it and I give it an A because I think it's a well done project. But at the same time, it also feels like the person doing the project did the project because it was mandatory to do the project and not because they were like, this is a story I need to tell, you know? And I, and I remembered that before Solo came out, my big thing that I said for the plot was like, please don't let it revolve around the castle run. Like, please don't let it revolve around the castle run. And it's, it's the castle run. Literally any other story with Han Solo would have been a lot more interesting than the castle run. It just, like I said, it feel, it's, a, it's a competently made movie. I think it's very well made. And I, you know, I think everyone does a good job in it. It's just, it doesn't, it lacks a lot of passion and it's, I don't revisit it either, so. All right, cool. So guys, we're gonna try to keep it, uh, for those who are watching, we're gonna try to keep it to one or two minutes because we don't wanna keep you guys too long. We know it's getting late, especially for my brothers yeah. here on the chat. I'm on the West Coast. It's only 7.30 for me. So I wanna be cognizant of your guys' time. I know it's later. So uh, let's keep it to one or two minutes, which is gonna be hard for us because we love Star Wars, we love to talk. So one or two minutes, Let's hit our number eight because we want to. I want to spend the most amount of time, if possible, on the the first three, our, our, our uh, top three. So let's uh, hit it. Number eight, Josh, you're up, baby. Okay, okay. So before I go into this one, I just want to say it sounds like hopefully I've kind of balanced it with also saying things I liked about the movies on the bottom. 
Um, I really appreciate the world building and the mythology and the prequel trilogy. And it's a testament to Star Wars. It's part of Star Wars. It always will be. It's very important. Um, and, um, and in fact, just as a side note, The Last Jedi made me appreciate the prequels even more. Um, uh, we went over The Rise of Skywalker and my issues with it. From here on out, though, as far as a movie is concerned, they're all... I all I consider them all good. Okay. I even gave The Rise of Skywalker three stars because I couldn't really justify going much lower than that because it hits a lot of high points and is very exciting and, and fun to watch. Um, so I even gave The Rise of Skywalker three stars, but it's bounced back and forth between two and a half and three. So for my next minute and a half, uh, I'm going to break some hearts and mention Return of the Jedi. Um, so as far as the original trilogy movies has, are concerned, it's the one that's aged the worst for me out of the three of them. You know, Return of the Jedi is always your favorite one as a kid, right? Um, I think we, we probably all, uh, maybe agreed with that when we saw the, the original trilogy as kids. Um, of course, Anthony, your entry into Star Wars was the prequels, correct? And then you went, went back. Wait, say it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... Yeah, your entry was the prequel. Oh, okay. So I had watched the original trilogy already. Yeah. But, but Okay, okay, great. The prequels great. were what made me a, a fan. So, so Return of the Jedi, good news is, is that it knows what it is and what it ultimately needs to accomplish, unlike The Rise of Skywalker, in my personal opinion. Um, but Return of the Jedi wastes an insane amount of time during its runtime. Um, the entire first act is taken up by Jabba's palace. Um, I think that's a big pacing issue and, and, and problematic as much as, as a set piece and as a storytelling piece, I really like Jabba's palace and everything that happens there, everything, but within context of the movie and the amount of time you have to tell a story, um, Jabba's palace takes up 30 plus minutes, uh, of the movie. Um, and then we get to the middle part of the movie, which I find to be fairly forgettable um, overall. Um, it does move things forward to get to the spectacular third act of Return of the Jedi, which is phenomenal. The third act of Return of the Jedi is some of the best Star Wars in Star Wars, period, end of story. Um, and that is what redeems Return of the Jedi for me as well. So I love Jabba's Palace. I just think it's it takes way too much time and it should have wrapped up um, a bit more. Um, I think the middle of the film, while there's some interesting things that happen, um, not a whole lot really happens that connects directly to what's going on. I think that the second Death Star, unfortunately, in hindsight, set us up for Starkiller Base in The Force Awakens because, heck, if you're going to do a second Death Star, you might as well do something even bigger than that later on. Um, so I think even the second Death Star was, you know, was a mistake. Why rebuild after it was <laughs> blown up? You know, do something else. Um, the space battle, though, with the second Death Star is spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. Um, 
but but all of those things together, third act really lands, despite the fact that I think that the ground battle with the Ewoks is is quite hokey and unbelievable um, and, and difficult. Uh, I get why it's there, and I get that that they're more vicious than they appear to be, and um, and so I, I suspend that element of of disbelief. Um, and just the throne room scene is just absolutely uh, spectacular and um, and incredible, and so is a space battle. But still, as a movie overall, um, Return of the Jedi is my is my number eight. All right, cool. All right, I think that was more like three or four minutes. Keep sending me chat messages. <laughs> no, you, you're fine, but man, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> Going down the path, but I can't. I do think it's a good movie. I gave it three stars, <laughs> three and a half stars. I gave it three and a half stars. It so. still hurts. Second uh, side note, Josh, have you played Star Wars Battlefront Two, the newer, the newer one? I, I, I haven't. I haven't. I've got a Look bunch of video games on my shelf that I haven't gotten to yet. So I hear you. Go to YouTube and look up Ewok Hunt. It is a mode in that game. It will make you respect the Ewoks way more. Homie, I hate being a stormtrooper. If I'm playing the game by myself at night, I'm like, let me turn on a few lights around here because it's scary, man. Walking around, you start getting... Hear a little little teddy bear start laughing in the dark. It's terrifying. I've seen video of that and had the Ewoks attacked the stormtroopers in the middle of the night in Return of the Jedi. I would have... I'd be utterly terrified of them, but they had to sell, probably had to sell some <laughs> stuffed toys and they, that probably wouldn't have happened. And I'm not even being cynical. I mean, Star Wars is a marketing behemoth and we all buy their stuff. So don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't think that they could have made them very scary and, uh, and still attracted the audience that they wanted to attract. And we know that George Lucas wanted to do Wookiees, but they didn't have the budget for all those costumes. And that, that probably would have been better. But oh man, Kish- on Kashyyyk, on Kashyyyk, man, it would have been amazing. It would have been sick. But Revenge of the Sith makes up for that. And we will get to that one. We will so at number eight, I have The Phantom Menace. Um, I think a lot of great points have already been made about Phantom Menace. Um, I made a point earlier that I'm going to address frequently is that I think story comes first. I think Phantom Menace tells a pretty good story. Um, I think it gets lost in some of the weird weeds. Like the trade disputes don't make a whole lot of sense unless you know a lot of background about Star Wars. You just have to kind of assume a lot of things when it comes to like the political part. However, it is something I've appreciated about it as I've gotten older is Palpatine's maneuvering in the film and how like well he sets it up and just seeing how that came to power. That stuff flew right over my head as a kid because all I cared about was, was the action. Um, I think Phantom Menace gets a lot of undeserved hate. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about Jay Lloyd and also Jar Jar Binks. I mean, Jar Jar is, when I was a kid, I thought he was funny. Now, I don't quite think he's annoying, I, but he's just kind of like that friend who you're like, huh, yeah, and then you just, whatever. Um, and if I make, if I, can I say one quick thing, Curry, sure, on that? Yeah. Now, I've never been a massive fan of Jar Jar Binks, but didn't really hate him. Of course, I've, I've mellowed out a lot as an adult. That may surprise some of you because I'm still kind of high strung, but I used to be way more high strung than this. Um, so, but seeing Jar Jar Binks through the eyes of my son uh, changed it for me. Yeah. 
Um, Jar Jar Binks, my son loves Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks cracks him up. And to see my son laugh and enjoy that character makes me enjoy it. So I just wanted to make that. For sure. Yeah, and I think I think the biggest problem with Jar Jar isn't Jar Jar himself. He was just a little overused. I think they tried to play up the last a little bit too much because there's such a heavy political plot going on. Um, and what happened to um, the actor and is a, is a travesty and the things he went through and the things he faced. Same with Jake Lloyd. And um, I think the, the fans who put him through that should be ashamed of that. But I'm glad to see that he's kind of had a resurgence and I'm hoping the same will happen with Jake Lloyd. But man, can we talk about arguably, I'm not going to say the best, but arguably the best piece of Star Wars music um, there is in Duel of the Fates. Arguably the best lightsaber battle. Um, so there's a, there's a lot to love in Phantom Menace. I think there's a lot of wooden acting because of some of the script. Um, just having some issues there, but the world building is nearly unparalleled in Star Wars um, with Phantom Menace. There's just a, there's just a lot to love. So I'm gonna wrap it up so we can move on. All right, so um, I'm gonna go with my number eight is The Force Awakens. Um, so this was uh, I feel the same way about a couple of you guys. I know Curry definitely, and I see eye to eye on this one quite a bit. Although I have mine higher because. I do see a lot of redeeming qualities with this. I have the same issues that he does with it. The world building is terrible. I mean, it's non-existent. They don't, they destroy the new Republic before we even know what it is. A third of the way through the movie. And I feel nothing. I feel absolutely nothing. Um, and it's, and I also don't know why did the first order have to rise up? They, I don't know how they could build this trilogy without even remotely mentioning how those things came to be. So to me, that's a, that's a big weakness of the film and it really, really hurts the rest of the trilogy. But these JJ does what that's, that's JJ's weakness. JJ's strength is introducing characters. We love. I think that the introductions of all of our main characters are wonderful. Um, absolutely magical. The introduction of Kylo Ren at the beginning of this movie, when he stops the the blast in midair, and the banter between him and uh, him and Poe at the beginning is great. It's so good. You talk first. I talk first. <laughs> uh, I love all that stuff. The introduction to Ray is magical. John Williams' score sliding down the hill. It's so good, y'all. It's so good. I love how it introduces her. It takes her. It takes our time. It takes its time just introducing us to like the world she lives in, what a day in her life is like. And it's just beautiful. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it, the introduction to Finn and Poe, same way. I love, I love all of the introductions to our characters. And as well as the action, the escape from Jakku on the Millennium Falcon, on the, I'm going to use the word we said we wouldn't use. Uh, that ship is garbage. <laughs> I love, I love that. The garbage will do. And that whole scene where they're where they're fighting off the the Tie Fighters is just something special. Um, it really is. I, I love it so much. The middle of the of the movie has some weird uh, some weird stuff to me. It, it kind of it doesn't. It, when I get to a certain movie later, I'm going to sound kind of contradictory, but it, it does it does kind of feel like it loses its pace in the middle of the movie. The whole wrath sequence and the Maz Kanata castle which never pays Maz Kanata never gets paid off at the end of the uh, at the end of the trilogy 
they never bring back like where like that's a story for another time that that never came back up. Um, yeah. So classic JJ thing, bringing stuff up, never answering them. Um, so, um, yeah, but the end of the movie, even though there's a trench run, um, I really do enjoy the, the lightsaber battle between, between Ray and Kylo. And also people complain about Ray being able to defeat him, but he was injured. Kylo was injured. Ray is not a Mary Sue. Um, Kylo was injured. He was bleeding and, um, and he was clearly hurt from Chewie shooting him. And so like, to me, it was very believable that she could beat him, even though she was raw and she was fully, she was discovering her, uh, her powers at the time. Um, Kylo was clearly hurt. There's a lot of coincidences throughout the film. Like whenever at the end where at the end of that fight where the ground splits right between the two of them, and that's just for dramatic effect or whatever. But um, but yeah, you guys, all in all, I really do enjoy this movie. There's a lot of is- issues with it. And I think that the, I think that it really does affect the rest of the trilogy in a negative way on that level. But when I go back and watch this movie, it's star Wars magic everywhere. There's star Wars magic everywhere. One last thing though, I hate at the end the worst part of the movie probably is at the end when, when R2 wakes up randomly and has, and has the missing piece that they've been looking for. It's so, it's so like, oh yeah, we forgot to pay this off. Here, let's just have R2 wake up. It's r- another convenience. Luke Skywalker that Luke says, how did you find me? I yeah. Unfindable place. It it's, 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 I, I, it's, I digress. I love this movie though. I really do. I enjoy it a whole lot. I rewatch it all the time, all the time. So that's why it's ahead of Solo. All right, cool. My turn. I'm gonna give myself two minutes for me. My number eight, Solo. I had it higher. But you guys talked about a few movies that made me realize how much I love them. So I did a switch. I I caught an audible during our Zoom. Solo's number eight. I love Solo. I, I absolutely love Solo. So good seeing Solo, why he is the way that he is, why he doesn't trust, why... He acts like a scoundrel, which he is, but we know he's a good good guy, uh, such as when he gives the uh, coaxium to Infus Nest. I also love Infus Nest and Kira. When uh, they, they do the switch at the end with Dryden Voss, and they take off the mask, and it's the older woman, and you see Infus Nest come down, and boom, and they kick butt. I'm like, hey, that's what I'm talking about. Do the old switch and move, <laughs> baby, do it. So I personally really liked it. Um, Solo. I definitely want to watch it again. I'm planning on listening to the expanded edition on Audible. Um, nothing bad to say about it. The, 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 the Maw and the Kessel Run, not the most interesting thing, but I really, really love seeing Maw. I love the uh, beginning, and I actually don't mind the whole, oh, you're alone, Solo is your last name. I was like, oh, okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy it. Cool, whatever. I, and I, I'm looking at Michael. I remember from the podcast, he's talking about that. I personally, I, was I like, forgot to mention that. That was so stupid. I cannot believe they did that. Why see, would you? Oh my god! Now see, look at you. Don't like it from me. I'm like, cool, dope. Now here's the thing. My wife says I have trash taste. She goes, <laughs> my wife goes, you have trash taste, but embrace it, baby. So I've embraced it. I love Solo so much, and it makes me love the original trilogy and the character of Han Solo even more. And that is my time.
All right. So we can get going even faster. Alex, yeah. you are next, my friend, with two minutes. Yeah, so for this one, my number eight is Rogue One. Um, I So none of the movies, like, it, it's not that I don't like the movie. Um, in fact, my I think my wife says it really well. She said that this would have worked a lot better if it was a miniseries. I almost kind of wish that Rogue One would have come out in this modern day when they're doing Disney Plus series with a lot of these characters. Because I think that a series where we can explore each of the characters and really see how they fit into the overall universe and really get a chance to know these characters before they all die, like, I think that would have made it a lot more impactful. As it stands, I felt like they had a lot of ground to cover and didn't quite cover all of it before the movie ended. And as such, when, I watch, when I've watched it, it just doesn't, it doesn't impact me all that much. Like, I feel more impact at the deaths of the rebel troopers trying to get the plans away from Darth Vader at the end of the movie than I did for the actual Rogue One crew. The only one that, like, really, like, impacted me was maybe Chirrut and um, uh, K2SO. Like, the, those were the two deaths that were like, oh, man, that really, that I, I actually felt for that. Um, other than that, like, the other ones didn't impact me all that much, and I wish that they would have... I wish I could have. So it is the, is the thing. So for me, it's a good, I think it's a good movie. It's visually a beautiful movie. Um, but like the scale that they, the scale that they give to everything, like the way that everything looks is amazing. Um, I just wish I could like it more, but I just don't. So that's it. All right. Hey, respectable. Uh, let's go with number seven. Uh, Josh, you are up, buddy. Two minutes, my friend. Yeah. So really quick, I want to mention this. I'm probably not going to be able to stick around too much longer. Um, I think I talked a little bit too much and I don't think I'm going to be able to stick around too much longer. Wait, wait, um, how, how much time do you have? Cause I would rather you go through your entire list then. I, I am going to have to step away here in just a couple minutes. Um, I, what we should do, what we should do at some point, we should do a part two really, really soon. If we want to delve into some more of the movies a bit deeper. Yeah. Um, you know what, but, but do, my middle, my, hold on, sorry, sorry, Josh, do us this favor because I think we're all interested in hearing yeah, your, sure. your rest of your list. I'm down yeah. with doing the number two um, and we can delve more into it. But Josh, would you give us, the rest of your list? Sure, I'll just give it to you really quick. Yeah. The middle movies are incredibly hard for me to rank yeah. um, that are kind of right in the middle of my list, and I could flip them around, and they would still probably fit. But the next one for me is Rogue One, which don't take that as a slight. I've got it at, you know, I've put it at four stars. Yeah. I think it does a lot of things well. It's a gorgeous movie. I love the, I love the arcs for... Um, Jin and Cassian, they spent a great time developing those characters. I do agree to an extent with Alex that maybe they bit off more than they could chew with one movie in this huge cast. Um, uh, so I get that. It's hard to kind of feel for them when they, when they die, most of them. At the same time, this is really more about them as a, as a team thematically choosing to sacrifice themselves for the cause. And so if you look at it more thematically that way, you can connect with the theme of the film a lot easier than you can with individual characters. Um, because thematically they decide to lay all their lives, you know, all their lives down, down for the cause. They make that conscious 
uh, decision knowing that they might not come back. You know, and each character gets a little character moment to kind of go through that, you know, in their own way. Not as much as I would like, though, and I totally agree that Rogue One would have worked better as a series. Um, The next one for me is Revenge of the Sith. It bumped up the most in my rewatch. Revenge of the Sith used to be down at the bottom with the two prequels for me, and now it's right in the middle of the pack. Um, It does a lot right. It's definitely the best of the prequels for me. Um, Still has some writing issues that I won't harp on, um, but uh, it's just high emotion uh, space opera. The next one for me, and this is going to be really controversial, um, but like I said, I can flip them all around. The next one for me at number five is Solo. Um, The reason for that is because it is, in my opinion, the epitome of the space cowboy adventure story. It's not especially deep. um, And, you know, I love my philosophy in Star Wars. It's what I latch on to. It's the philosophical underpinning of Star Wars. It's the meat of the bone for me. But, But Solo is just an absolute blast. Uh, to watch and it's incredibly well constructed and paced and acted. The irony of it is I agree with everybody else when I just, I don't rewatch it a whole lot. I've got all these great things to say about it and I need to rewatch it again really soon, but it's not the one that I revisit all the time, but I have so many good things to say about the story that it is. You know, the Kasdans wrote it. Um, Han Solo is Larry Kasdan's favorite character. yeah, Han Solo is Larry Kasdan's favorite character. He knows a whole lot about Han Solo and who Han Solo is because Kasdan wrote Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back, and he wrote Solo. Um, so that's important to keep in mind. Uh, number four for me is The Force Awakens. Um, uh, I think it's, from a structure standpoint, it's practically perfect. Um, edited beautifully. The character introductions are spectacular. Um, I do think it is too derivative, and it's why I love The Last Jedi more, because The Last Jedi answered the problem of The Force Awakens for me. Um, I do wish that The Force Awakens would have done better world building and kind of given us context of everything. I 100% agree with all that criticism. I also agree that some of the issues with the sequel trilogy stem back to The Force Awakens, but as a Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens fires on all cylinders, man. Um, But The Last Jedi, for me, was the perfect answer to The Force Awakens. It kept the story going. It took all the meat and material, the main meat and material of The the Force Awakens, and I think, in my opinion, unpacked it in a really interesting way and also kept the sequel trilogy, in my opinion, from just being a repackaging of the original trilogy. Um, Ryan Johnson did some really unique things. He had guts, as we have said. I think it's a Last Jedi is my number three. Um, I recently bumped it up to five stars, actually. Uh, uh, So I gave it a perfect five, even though I don't consider it a masterpiece. Because in my opinion, there's a difference. I can think that a movie can work extraordinarily well for me and perfectly for me, and I give it five stars, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's like this masterpiece, one of the best movies ever made kind of thing. Um, But Last Jedi reignited my love for Star Wars fully, and I've talked about that a bunch. A New Hope is number two. 
Um, and then the Empire Strikes Back is number one for me, and that'll probably never change. Um, I can't imagine that ever changing. Um, I really like middle movies. Um, the reason why I gravitate towards the Empire Strikes Back and The Last Jedi so much is that's where a lot of the character development comes in. Um, and I like middle movies and trilogies because that I love the two towers for, for very similar reason. Um, even attack of the clones for all of its faults, uh, has a lot of development in that middle movie, um, uh, to push the characters forward. The, the middle movie in a trilogy is the complication. I love the complication and the complexity. Don't give me easy answers. Let me struggle with this. And what's going on here? Let me feel for what these characters are going through in the story that's taking place. And um, let me see them fail, but let me see them recover from it and become better people and characters through that failure. Um, so that's my ranking. Um, my top three are Vampire Strikes Back and New Hope and The Last Jedi. And I have to peace out. <laughs> hey, Josh, we appreciate you hop, uh, hopping on and staying on with the yeah. show, man. Hey, no problem. I got to go do some, uh, uh, we're, we're putting in new flooring in our house and we've got to go measure the downstairs and order the flooring. And then we're putting that all in over Christmas break. So (laughs) break. Yeah. yeah. We did that this year too. So good good luck with that, man. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. Talk to you later. We love you, bro. man. Peace. All right. So what we'll do then, We'll make this go fast. Let's keep doing two minutes. I think that'll be quick. Mm-hmm. Are you guys okay with that? Yeah. All right. Keep talking. Totally cool. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, I was, you know, my wife heard me earlier today. She was like, you said you had to get off at eight. I'm like, yes, we can hang out. She's like, babe, I want you to have fun with your friends. So just take your time. So I'm like, cool. Dope. So I'm good. Too. I'm good too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My wife's like, enjoy yourself, you little nerd. So with that being said, <laughs> no, she's like, getting me. bullied by your wife. Bro, I love it. So I'm up next, right? Say it again. It's up me up next, right? Yeah, no. So it's gonna be now. It's Curry, Michael, myself, and then Alex, and we are on our number seven, right? Seven. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So a lot has already been said about this. At number seven, I have Attack of the Clones. Um, I think in a lot of ways, Attack of the Clones might be my like guilty pleasure Star Wars film. Um, I I don't disagree with much of the criticism already stated. I think some of the criticism is a little overstated. I think it does probably have the weakest dialogue of the franchise. I think I've heard some say it's some of the weakest dialogue ever put to film, which like you haven't seen (laughs) really bad films if you're saying that. Um, And I don't necessarily disagree that there's a tonal shift, but I don't mind the tonal shift because it keeps the film balanced for me. Um, I don't find there to be that many pacing issues. But I'm going to focus on the highs. Jango Fett is awesome, and I love everything about him. The Camino stuff was really interesting. Um, the Battle of Geonosis, incredible. I think there's an underrated lightsaber duel at the end. Getting to see Yoda fight for the first time. Some people say, well, that wasn't necessary. It may not have been necessary. There's a lot of unnecessary things in Star Wars, but it was so much fun. And uh, there's just a lot of cool foreshadowing. And, of course, I can't not talk about Anakin's what I think really is when his heart turned yeah. his heart turned to the dark side I think in Attack of the Clones when his mother died and he 
Yep. You, know, you hear him say these things like, I slaughtered them all and the hate that he spews. It should have been a red flag for Padme. Um, but a lot of times when we love someone, we ignore red flags. Um, a lot of us do. Um, because not everybody's capable of seeing these things. I'm sure I have red flags and my wife pups, puts up with. <laughs> Isn't that right, babe? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot to love in this movie, though. And, um, yeah, I think it's kind of underrated. And yeah, all right. Probably forgetting something. But. Yeah, let me pause. This. Well, I I want to say really quick, dude. I am really like ashamed of myself that I did not bring up the Anakin stuff in in Attack of the Clones. That's some of the best stuff in the entire prequel trilogy is mm-hmm. is within that stuff. So I totally agree. His fear turned to anger in that movie. Yeah. Um, and so I that's great point. Um, okay, so my. Number seven is the – I almost said The Force Awakens. I already did that one. Uh, my number seven is The Phantom Menace. This is hands down by far the one that has improved the most over the years. This was – for years, this was – it was like flip-flopping back and forth between Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. is my least favorite Star Wars movie for a long time. Um, just within the last couple of years, I have started to cool off on you know some of the hate that the prequels used to get, including from me. Uh, the prequels have really grown on me, and I think it's because of the world-building aspect. I really kind of started to appreciate that more when we didn't get it in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> I started to appreciate it more, uh, the world-building aspect of everything. And the, uh, the Phantom Menace does this so well, and I love it. Um, it, and it is now up to my number seven. And uh, there, this film is like so close to being a great movie because like there are so many things I can point to, whether it is, uh, whether it's, I love the, I love the, st- even though I don't, I'm not a Jar Jar fan. Um, I don't hate him, but I don't, I'm not a fan. This, the underground, like the underwater city I love that stuff. When they go swimming to there, I, I love that stuff so much. Um, the every every second spent on Tatooine in this movie is magical to me. What, meeting the Skywalkers and uh, you know meeting the Skywalkers and the pod racing scene. Oh my gosh, the pod racing scene! It is breathtaking, and I know it's really long. I don't care. It's amazing. It's it's mind blowing. It still looks great to this day in my opinion. And, um, and it, this movie also really was the, the, it really did change the way films are made. Like from 1999, when this came out till now, this movie was kind of that shift. And so it's a, it's a huge movie. And a lot of people don't actually know this. I, I found this out. I figured, or I learned this watching the Disney gallery thing on the Mandalorian. This movie actually has the most practical effects of any star Wars movie. And I was really surprised by that. Um, but I, I think that's so cool. Like no one talks about that. They always talk about how it's over CGI. And I think you can point to some things that it is, but it's pretty cool knowing that, wow, they really actually combine the two a lot. And I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, obviously this has dual of fates. This has Qui-Gon Jinn. This has all of these amazing moments and like scenes and stuff, but Ultimately, it, it does fall a little bit short because of the dialogue, because of the writing. It's not a cohesive story. And I agree completely with Josh. The accidents, like how they win accidentally, I can't get past it. Anakin accidentally shoots the thing and it explodes. The, it, it, he wins uh, in, in space. 
Jar Jar flops around and wins and like, and, and then I, it, it drives me crazy. It's bad. Um, so that stuff ultimately knocks it down, but Darth Maul, like all, all this stuff, the, it's so good. So that's my, that's my number seven. All right. All right. So you guys ready for my number seven? Yeah. Bring it. This is going to be hard. Oh God. Wait, 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 wait. What, what is, what, what is with the no trust in me? I feel betrayed okay, well, from our conversation. You already <laughs> hurt me earlier with the new hope. So say it again. I know, bro. You, bro, you, bro. You look like you're about to convince. You're about to admit that you murdered somebody. You like, really do. Like, but how do you expect us not to have a reaction hey, to that? Hey, but just not the not the men only, but the women and the children too. Uh, <laughs> four words. I don't like sand. Hey, They're hey, animals, and I slaughtered them hey, like animals. That's for English. There's too many. And what are we gonna do? <laughs> no, my number seven. <laughs> this is hard for me because I, I I can flip flop. Just say it, man. The Phantom Menace. Oh my! The Phantom Menace is my. The Phantom Menace is my number seven. Um, I it's my first Star Wars movie ever. I love it. I actually really like Jar Jar still. I know the CGI. I, I like the fact that Anakin accidentally blows it up. He's strong with the Force. And my thing is this: if we're, if we're okay with Rey beating Kylo, even if she, even if Kylo's hurt, then I'm okay. That's why I never get on. I never. My complaint about the Force Awakens has never been Rey beating Kylo, because I'm like, hold on, Luke also from shooting Womp Rats to shooting into a what a tiny hole and blowing Death Star to Anakin doing it. I can't really speak about Ray beating Kylo. And if they're a forced dyad, darkness, darkness rises and light to meet it. Snoke explains it in the Last Jedi, so I'm cool with it. I love the for, I love the, the Phantom Menace. Though. It's an amazing, amazing movie. First Star Wars movie I've ever seen in theaters. Darth Maul, Anakin is my favorite character. I love Obi Wan and Qui Gon. I just think it's such a good movie, and. Uh, absolutely love it. I would call it a great Star Wars movie. I adore it. I actually like the political intrigue simply because of Palpatine. And I like how one thing I've noticed in the Rise of Skywalker crawl, the Phantom Menace is Palpatine. In the opening crawl of Rise of Skywalker says, uh, it, it mentions the word Phantom referring to Palpatine. So I like how the overarching villain, the entire saga has been the Sith embodied in Emperor Palpatine, Dark City. So for me, it's the Phantom Menace, hands down. Love it. Number seven. That yeah, there we go. So quick, quick side note. My entire life, up until probably when Rise of Skywalker came out, maybe I'm just dumb. I thought the Phantom Menace referred to Darth Maul. <laughs> like, oh, I did when I was younger too. Like, <laughs> and I just, I guess, I never thought about it until like somebody made the joke, like, "Oh, Palpatine's the Phantom Menace again in Rise of Skywalker," and I was like, "Oh, that makes more sense." Just, just one of those things you don't connect with when you think about the titles. But anyway, I digress. Alex is here. Uh, so my, yeah. So for my number seven, my number seven is going to be the Rise of Skywalker. Um, kind of like how Curry, Curry, kind of like how you said that Attack of the Clones is like your guilty pleasure Star Wars movie. The Rise of Skywalker is mine. Like all the criticisms that y'all leveled against the movie, one hundred percent valid. The thing is, whereas you guys took away from it because of the breakneck speed. I kind of love the fact that this movie is in warp speed. Like 
this the fast pace of the movie actually makes it a lot more fun in my opinion um and as far as rewatchability goes i think the rise of skywalker is one of the most rewatchable of the star wars movies simply because it has such fun pacing and it's just it's a really fun action adventure thing as a close to the overall saga it's it drops the ball completely and does not capitalize on the themes of the saga overall well enough i think it tried to but it didn't do it well enough you will so, try return of the jedi did it better no i actually think I, I think that the rise of skywalker did better than return of the jedi oh my god we're gonna fight <laughs> if you t- if you take out the palpatine vader and emperor scenes from return from return of the jedi but you don't take those out <laughs> but if Thank you, you took those out though, nothing you don't take those out. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's like saying if you take out the big reveal in Empire, then it's like then it's not Empire anymore. <laughs> no, I'm saying if you take those scenes out, there's nothing else in the movie that I think is entertaining to watch, in my opinion. We can just see a like, bad ass, excuse my language, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> no, I'm saying but that's my point though. I'm saying I know what you're saying. I just like to pull your chain, buddy. Keep going. <laughs> Look, this isn't supposed to be a debate. This is my time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, my point is that I think that The Rise of Skywalker is, to me, entertaining. And to me, like, has a lot of fun dialogue and a lot of fun action and a lot of fun adventure. Um, but I agree with all the criticisms that have been leveled against it. And I will admit that it's not a particularly good movie. So.